Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant collaboration of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we are here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim, from bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises. Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of the wonderful memoir, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. We are proud to have ZooMed Laboratories as the founding sponsor of Exotic Pets. ZooMed has earned its reputation as the number one reptile and amphibian supplier in the world from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man who still runs it. Renowned as the international leader in UVB and heat lighting, ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools in the U.S., which they test on their own collection of animals, which surround everyone at headquarters. We're also sponsored by Oxbow Animal Health, the one brand that has stood out for more than 30 years as the leader in health and wellness for small mammals. Veterinarians, rescues, and passionate pet parents worldwide trust Oxbow to support the health and happiness of their small pets. Oxbow provides for rabbits and guinea pigs, ferrets and chinchillas, hamsters and gerbils, mice and rats, because these small pets have big hearts and require special nutrition and care. Oxbow has everything needed for their best life, the right hay and nutritionally complete foods, treats and supplements, litter and bedding, and a whole line of enrichment products created so your little loved ones can chew, play, hide, and explore every day. We're also brought to you by the bird food specialist Zupreme, which started with a revolutionary yet simple idea, provide exceptional diets for extraordinary animals. Best known as the bird nutrition specialist, Zupreme creates many foods for birds of all sizes, and they also make a variety of treats to appeal to every sort of bird and enhance their lives. Dr. Doug Mater is so many things to so many people around the world. He's a renowned and greedily sought-after speaker at veterinary conferences, anything to do with exotic pets, particularly reptiles and amphibians, but he's also such a great author, which is how I met him and how we became partners and buddies. And I just admire all of his talents and how seriously he takes them. His book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital, is that, but it's other things too. It's stories about humans, but about so many different pets, many of them exotic. Doug, I would love to spend a moment talking about one of the chapters, and we could put it under the heading of pet travel, which is a little bit of a reach for the story uh, of the chapter um, called Randy and the Sticky Buns, because there was something really sticky in the forms of, a form of an iguana. But what about pet travel? How many people came to you back in the day when you had this amazing clinic, which was in the inner city, to, to ask you to sign off on things that were illegal, particularly around the issue of travel. Was that common or one-offs? Oh, that was, uh, 
First off, good morning, and it's really good to see you talk to you again, Tracy. Thank you for having me on with you. Um, yeah, it was actually fairly common. It's amazing how many people will come in to a veterinarian or to a human doctor and ask for things that are illegal, knowing that any conversation they have with you is privileged and you can't talk about it. Um, but yeah, it was not uncommon for people. And California was uh, one of those unusual states that had a lot of restrictions on, on different types of exotic pets. Uh, in the book, I talk about the it was illegal to own a ferret. Um, oh, that's illegal. right. That was really a curiosity yeah. to me. And there also, you know, people want to smuggle animals to different areas. And there is a chapter in the book that uh, involved a woman that was moving to Australia. And she came in and she wanted me to give her some tranquilizers so she could hide the iguana, her pet iguana, underneath her bosom. And then this is back before the days of the x-ray, the, you know, when oh, we walked right. the x-rays at the airport. And um, you could do that because you could walk through the uh, magnetometer and it wouldn't pick up tissue like an iguana. That's not going <laughs> to. Unless the iguana was wearing a metal necklace or something. Yeah. So, you know, she, she was a fairly large woman and she had this about a three foot iguana and she wrapped it up in a stocking, a woman's stocking, and then very carefully lifted up and slid the iguana under her breast and then put her puffy jacket on over the top of it and she was such a heavy woman you couldn't tell she was hiding something there and she came in not wanting a health certificate because she knew it was illegal to take an iguana to Australia Australia is very strict about import of any exotic species and um, she came in because she wanted just a tranquilizer to keep her her iguana calm for the 17-hour flight and <laughs> basically she went into a strip tease <laughs> and find the iguana, find the iguana. And so we checked her jacket, we checked her pockets and everything else, couldn't find the iguana. So finally she took off her shirt, took off her bra and son of a gun, there was the iguana hidden way up underneath her fleshy parts, you know, wrapped up in the it's stocking. An it's a, such an amazing story because this woman was shameless. And I think that's one of the things about pet travel is that there's this sense of entitlement I mean, in this case, like, is like, you know, blatantly illegal, but there's a sense of entitlement. But, but I want my cat with me, but I must have my gecko with me. What? I need my beardy. I mean, what are you talking about? I love my beardy. So people, at least American people, I don't know about other nationalities, we are pretty awful that way. We just have this sense of, well, I want to do it and there must be a way around it. And hey, doc, you didn't, you know, go to medical school for all those years and internships and fellowships and years in the practice and have a medical license that needs to be recertified. You don't mind just signing off on this thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that seems to be something that humans think in general. Wasn't there a movie star and his girlfriend, we all know exactly who it was, but I'm not saying their names, who went to Australia and brought their pet dog with them without paperwork, without, I believe there's still a quarantine required, and he got in a heap of trouble, and he was, but we love our dog. And anyway, I'm a movie star. Isn't it sort of all fit into that idea of humans and their entitlement and not understanding that countries have laws to protect their own wildlife or their own domestic species? They have reasons. They're not arbitrary. Well, as is typical, the laws apply to everybody but them. Yes, exactly. So you didn't give the lady the tranquilizer. There's such a funny, I mean, the, the book is so much funny. It's this really low-key, under-the-radar funny where you say, 
oh, what can I do for your iguana, which you couldn't see because it was at that point hidden. And she says, oh, I don't need a veterinarian. I know what to do. And you were like, yeah, silly me to think that that veterinary degree means anything at all. So what is it that you want? It's just people are can be so cavalier. I guess that the idea of black market illegal pets, that's another human nature thing, which is I want the thing I'm not allowed to have. There's, It's kind of horrifying. You know, it's like those, I don't know, meals in Asia where you eat uh, extinct, nearly extinct species and they make feasts of them. So you get to eat the second to last leopard on earth or monkey or whatever it is. Is this, you think, just outlier humans or everyone has a seed of that in their in their dark soul i don't know do you have one a dark soul or a seed of it no i'm i'm the indignant one i'm the one who should be i would have been great in the military everyone should have a uniform and their shoes should be shined and they know what their job is and what where they should be at what time and prompt and yeah i wish the world was like that it was just of course ridiculous no i really like rules i think everyone should follow them and i you know I would I would like to be, you know, Susie Cop and say, wait a minute, y'all. But that's that's not realistic either. I mean, why are were ferrets or are ferrets illegal in California, for example? Uh, they had the uh, wildlife officials believe the ferrets would get out and establish in the in the wilds and then compete with the local species and damage the local species. It's not impossible. I mean, there was an island in Florida where one man let his few rabbits loose, and they now doesn't happen. So why would it only happen in the state of California? So it's it's right, right argument. But then but, one state could or one country could be more strict than another. I mean, England used to have a quarantine six months for dogs, and many other animals couldn't come in at all because they were an island and there was no rabies. And if one case of rabies got on an island, it could cause havoc. Now, and one always questioned, well, why couldn't you demand a rabies certificate? And if you thought the rabies certificate was false, you could vaccinate them at the airport on arrival and then make them wait two weeks or whatever the waiting period might be. And eventually they did come around to not having a quarantine. But I guess that pet travel, you do need to know the rules in the place you're going uh, or sometimes people, I guess, look up the rules and then try to find a way to, to circumvent them. This woman going to Australia, I mean, Australia is so strict about it. If she had brought her iguana there, if they caught it at the airport, they may have given her the option of sending it back immediately without getting off the plane or they would have euthanized it. Most likely they would have euthanized it. And we, I, I didn't give her the tranquilizer because I thought it was totally inappropriate. So she stormed out of the office. And I suspect she probably found a veterinarian that was willing to do it, you know. Some Anything for a buck. For a buck, right? So I, I know I don't have a close to that story, other than to say that we didn't allow it to happen. And I would guess, judging from some of the the harsh rules in Australia for people that I think went there unvaccinated by COVID, or I'm not sure exactly, they they can actually sequester the human, not just in this case the animal. I mean, they could put her in jail. I mean, that's illegal what she did. She's arrived in a country and it has to abide by their rules and laws. Yeah, no question about that. So what are the what kinds of exotics are the most dodgy to travel with? Like, are birds a problem? Are snakes a problem? Oh, I mean, boy, whole three-hour lecture, but you bet. Um, <laughs> a challenge because, you know, you put them in a pressurized cabin 
you know, your typical parakeet's not going to fly around at 8,000 feet. So the pressures are going to be completely different. Um, so yeah, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that we can talk about on some other, um, talk, but, uh, it's, it's so many different ways to transfer these animals around. And some of them can be brought on commercial airlines. Some of them can't. Um, so again, that's, that's a whole other chit chat. We'll have some other time because that brings up a whole bunch of different things. But, you know, it's, I want to share one, uh, one other really quick travel story with pets that is hilarious, which will probably make it into my third book. Oh, good. And, you mean uh, not the second book? Second book is in the way. Third book is, wow. is behind on the back burner right now. Um, I had a, a client that was a, uh, she is a, an attorney and she had, uh, she kept two sugar gliders as pets and she loved these animals. Now sugar gliders, if you're not familiar with them, are marsupials. So they have a pouch and oh, cute. They, when they're raised, they, they are raised in a pouch like a kangaroo joey. And so a lot of sugar glider owners make a pouch, hang it around their neck and then they keep their pet sugar gliders in the pouch around their oh, neck. No being in the pouch. But this woman was a snowbird and snowbirds down here in the Keys are somebody who have a winter home in the Keys and a summer home somewhere up north. Right. Happen to have hers up in, in St. Louis. So every spring, uh, excuse me, every, yeah, every, every, uh, fall she would fly down to the Keys and then every, every spring, late spring, early summer, she would fly back to her, her home up there. Well, you, you, you're aware that, you know, a few years ago, it got kind of carried away where people were calling every single animal an emotional support animal. Yes, it was absurd. It, the airlines couldn't refuse them passage on the plane. Well, after a pig had an explosion, and I think a cow got sick, and, oh, I can't remember all the different crazy stories. The, the airlines have changed that now to just being dogs, cats, and believe it or not, miniature horses. Um, anyway, so this woman went to a psychiatrist, got a letter, went to a doctor, got a letter, it came to me, got a letter that they were healthy, and they were her emotional support sugar gliders. So at first, Delta Airlines let her carry it on the plane because she was a lawyer, she was real forceful, and she had an emotional support sugar gliders. Well, finally, when all the stuff went down with all these different species, Delta shut that down, and they said, okay, no more sugar gliders. You know, dogs and miniature ponies, that's about it. And so because they're marsupials and because she kept them in a pouch and this woman was also a fairly large woman, she would put it around her neck and then kind of hide it underneath her body parts, right? <laughs> she did this several times and never got caught. And even with the newer um, x-ray units and everything, they weren't finding them. They couldn't see them. So she's, she was a wealthy woman and this, she told me the story and I did everything I could to keep from peeing in my pants. I was laughing so hard. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to be empathetic about it. She was all upset because she got arrested by Delta Airlines. She was flying back to the Keys. She had her two sugar gliders in her pouch tucked between her breasts and sitting in first class. And so she pulled her shirt away from her chest and she was looking down into her chest and talking to her sugar gliders. <laughs> the woman sitting next to her seat in first class noticed her talking to her breasts and goes, what are you doing, ma'am? She goes, oh, look, they're so cute. Uh -oh. So next door, leaned over, looked down the front of her shirt and saw the little sugar glider. She goes, oh, my God, they're cute. They're furry. Look, they're so cute. Can I touch them? Oh, no, no, you can't touch them. So then the person in the seat behind her saw these two women looking down her dress or down the front of right. her lap. She stood up, leaned over the seat and said, what are you looking at? And the woman 
next to her in the seat points to her breasts and says, look, aren't they cute? Oh, my God. Over the seat, looked down in front of her. He goes, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> and so, again, this woman is telling me this. All upset. I'm trying my best not to die laughing, right? Oh, my God. And leaning over the seat, the woman in the seat next to her leaning over, everybody's looking down in front of her shirt at her sugar gliders tucked between so her. So to speak, yes. Flight attendant walks by and goes, what's going on here? And the woman goes, check this out. Look what she's got. And Uh-oh. flight attendant leaned over, looked down, saw the little eyes, two sets of little eyes looking up at her. He goes, oh, my God, those are, wait, what are those? They can't be on this plane. And, and then, of course, everybody starts getting upset. What's going on? What's going on? You know? And so the flight attendant got really nasty. He goes, how did you get those on this plane? And she goes, these are my Mosul reports. She goes, you can't have those, blah, blah, blah. She told the captain about it. When they landed, <laughs> they wouldn't let anybody off the plane. They brought two, two police officers on wow. there and took away your sugar gliders. So she got them back eventually, but she did get arrested. So it just, it just blows me away. Well, I'd say word word to the to the wise, there's only, arrogance will only get you so far. Yike. I guess this is why NetJets exists. I'm only kidding. I think the the stories in the book are amazing. You've got iguana smuggling. You In the third book, there will be sugar glider smuggling, but just wonderful tales of people and their exotics and the crazy and sometimes marginally legal things that they want to do with them. Doug, thank you for writing The Vet at Noah's Ark. It's such a delight, and I hope everyone has had a chance to get it. And it's a great book to dip into. You can read a chapter just, you know, before bed, and each each one is a nugget, a little juicy nugget in and of itself. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you, I appreciate it. Dr. Doug Mater and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets and our desire to educate and inspire you to give your exotics their best possible life. This show is brought to you by the wonderful companies that cater to the needs of exotic pets. From Zubad Laboratories, where they make everything you need to keep your reptiles and amphibians in tip-top shape, to Oxbow Animal Health, with health and wellness solutions for small mammals, and Zupreme, the company dedicated to your bird's nutrition. And if you haven't read Dr. Doug's book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, yet, do yourself a favor and pick up a copy.